I once again welcome the angry Knicks fan, Eugene Faison, onto the show to discuss how a once-promising Knicks season has fallen so quickly in such a short time. We also discuss how the University of Louisville's basketball sanctions may affect Rick Pitino's future at the university, and how exactly to stop Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. Here's a big hint. There's no way to do it. All this and more coming up on What's Good Radio, right now. It's a movement! And now I'd like to talk about what's really good! It's time for What's Good Radio, where each week we examine the issues, discuss the facts, and try to answer the question, what's really good? As the man says, get your popcorn ready. It's lit. Hosted by Jake Stanley and featuring Jordan Jones. You just happen to be stumbling across Twitter and Instagram, and you see your queen taking pictures with Kyrie Irving. Marcel Ayers. She in the back making tea, taking naps, doing yoga, meditating. Yeah, Everybody cool. else in the crowd about to get ready to knock out a bouncer. Montel Hardy. The thing is, in this country, in all seriousness, you cannot make a great business without sacrificing ethics. And Dan Meehan. And they get on the, like, answer is she being like, Dan, I know you're home. I see your bike. <laughs> Along with some special guests. Zach Harper, well-known NBA blogger, the angry Knicks fan, Psalm One, Joey Looney, what's up? So join us on our quest, won't you? Right now. This is what's good. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, once again to What's Good Radio. I'm, as always, your host, Jacob, a.k.a. Jumping Spider, the worldwide web slinger, the hand of the king, the illest motherfucker alive, the Chicago Defender. Uh, we got another great show for you. we got special guests, returning guests, the first special guest I think we had on the program. Once again, he is Eugene Faison, a.k.a. Billy, the angry Knicks fan. You've seen his stuff on YouTube, on Grantland.com. And we, we did the show with him back in, gosh, it was I think it was November or December, one of the two. But at that time, his, his favorite team, the New York Knicks, was doing much better than they had in previous seasons. And now things have kind of reverted to, to the previous. And so this is a double-edged sword because the Knicks aren't doing as well, which isn't as good for New York and isn't as good for the league on the whole. But the angry Knicks fan is once again angry. So... Eugene, how you doing, man? Hey, man, how you doing? Thanks for having me. No problem. Always good to have you on. Now, I'm going to start things right off. You you messaged me this afternoon when we were confirming the time, and you let me know that you had written an open letter to the New York Knicks. So, obviously, it's gotten bad. You see an open letter to a team or an organization, things have gotten out of control. So, what's been going on? What's happened? Uh, guys' priorities ain't straight. They're not focused. And actually, man, if you watch the games, look like they just don't care. Um, they, they don't care, man. It's, it's effort, effortless performances out there, and it's, 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 it's Nick fans. It's just hard to watch, and it's we're tired of explaining what's going on. We want to look for the whole team. Or 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 it's not good. Just be a cold game from, from the I mean, that's the reason why we're out and oh, it's the same results. I mean, yeah, okay, everybody's happy because we won more games last year. But there's no way in the world this roster right here should be only eight less than previous. Now, in the letter that you wrote, and let me pull that back up, 
you said it's like that. There's no reason that this roster should be only eight games better than last year's roster. Quincy AC, Alexi Shved, uh, Lou Amundsen, who is still on the team. But guys, though, got playing eight minutes. Sure. But this year's roster, not the great point guard. Kind of Carmelo Anthony, of course. Porzingis, really the surprise. Larry Flalo, Derek Williams, uh, and those guys. And not exclude Callaway on that because he's been a kind of a bright spot. So I have seen, but it's kind of the things. Just say this tonight, and then we're twenty and twenty. Some of that in your email as well. What? So, I mean, New York is a tough place to play in. So there's gonna be guys, especially not doing well, Absolutely. that are gonna give it to you. But, Absolutely. So was the whole thing like Carmelo just went after a fan, said um, he should ask James Dolan for his money back, he should get the game. Is that what happened? Well, well, the fan was heckling Melo, and so he was telling, him, "Hey, Melo, well, you know some explosives in there, probably." But see, hey, Melo, the Knicks, y'all freaking suck. You suck. So Melo time to turn around and tell the fan. He pointed at James Dolan, who was sitting a few rows of somewhere, uh, you know, whatever, wherever he was sitting, and so, hey, there's the owner, ask for your money back. My thing is, I got it. Some fans take it too far, and I got it. Sometimes you just have to respond. But when you lost 15-18, you're coming off a 17-win season, and the season before you're coming off a season when you, which we didn't make the playoffs. Why? You, and, and, and you're sitting here, why are you Heckling a fan, showing more, you're taking your frustration on a fan and not on your teammates. You're willing to try to embarrass in the middle of the game, but you don't want to be embarrassed to teammates who do with their part. No, fans mad at fans. We're mad at fans. Be mad at your teammates. The other night, the Armello and other Knicks, how did y'all feel about uh, when it's go heat when it's playing Miami the other night? What can you say? You're not competitive. You're not. You're not showing us no F. Why should we root for you guys? All right. You know, I mean, every time something's going on, it's always the fans. Or we blame social media or something like that. There's never no finger pointing on the court. There, I mean, yeah, you don't want to embarrass your colleagues. Sometimes it works, but sometimes it needs to happen. Because you, they're, they're embarrassing themselves every night they're on the court. Every night they're on the, they embarrass themselves, and so you know who cares if the fan said you suck, you suck. Tell the truth. <laughs> he was telling the truth. He went to the star player, the fourth highest uh, player in the league, and he told him, "Hey, Carmelo, you guys suck." And Carmelo just told him, "Yeah, I, we're sorry." That should have said, <laughs> "Don't get the money back." Because I heard monster this evening. Some fans are asking Dolan to go to Miami and ask for your money back. You're, you get paid $122 million. And you can let, lead us to the playoffs? I mean, we don't. it's like we just barely missed the playoffs. We're like out of the playoffs by all-star break kind of bad. You know? Right. And it's unacceptable, man. This is New York City. It's unacceptable. 
and you wonder why nobody wants to come here. It's not about us being New York City anymore. It's not about everybody playing anymore. People want to win. It's from the agent of money. So we've got to bother themselves everyone or try to sit down to try to come to New York. They just try to it. I mean, it's sad, man. It's pathetic. It's pathetic. I mean, like I said, we can go on and on, and this would be the longest podcast ever because that's how many, that's how many daggone issues the Knicks have. It's horrible, man. It's horrible. Now, in the beginning of the season, this is why it's so incomprehensible to me, because they played half a season. They played about 500. Just they were, I knew they were going to be around 500. That's what I expected. I expected right. the Knicks to finish maybe 40, 42, maybe 41 and 41, possibly a couple games over. That's what it looked like was going to happen. Right. So, but in the beginning of the season, I mean, they blew out they blew out the Bucks in their first game of the year at home, which yep. had been, I think, a, a change from normal. I know the Bulls beat them in New York the first game last year, and I think it was about the same the year before that. Yep. And they were playing 500, like I said. So were the priorities focused then, or was this problem always there and it just surfaced now? It, I mean, it in the beginning of the year, it was... In the beginning of the year, I, I guess it's like adrenaline or whatever. You know, let's see what we can do, and and and, and let's put this thing together. I think coaching had a lot to do with the failures of the Knicks early on because of, of Derek Fisher never found a lineup. He never found a consistent lineup to stick with. And it was like he would have guys that was hot on the bench. Derek Wick... Let me tell you something. Derek Williams is loved by Knicks fans. Okay. But to this day, there's still games he doesn't even appear in, and it is mind-boggling why. He plays like the, the uh, I don't want to give a false stat, but he plays like the, the, the sixth or seventh or eighth most, most minutes on the team, and he has second, um, he's second on the team in free throw attempts. He puts points up when he can, and, and he sparked off the bench. And there was times he there was because we was off the bench in a lot of time. I'm just saying, early on, there was a lot of different on. You know, and they don't go to the I mean, our free throws, belling for a lot of during lengthy, lengthy portions of the game. And I thought it was just Derek Fisher. Kurt Rambis did the same thing the other night. And that's a coaching. That's, that's coaching. You can't play Carmelo, who's, who's coming off. A surgically repaired knee, 37 minutes. His minutes have increased ever since Kurt Rambis has been there or has taken over. I mean, I'm not saying I have all the answers, but common sense plays a big factor. That's true. And it's, just, it's, it's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. Now, you put that Phil Phil Jackson has to take some of the blame. Now we're going to talk about who Absolutely. the real blame goes to. Absolutely. Obviously. Obviously, some of it went to Derek Fisher, as you said, with coaching. Obviously, some of it goes to Kurt Rambis with coaching. And I didn't figure that um, necessarily the fish was ready. And you know that Kurt Rambis isn't a long-term option given his time in Minnesota. Absolutely. So where does this fall on the Phil's shoulders? He hired Derek Fisher. He hired Kurt Rambis for the staff as well. But you talk about kind of pushing the offense, trying to push in the triangle, trying to stick with that. Where's the blame fall on Phil and how? Phil, I, all right. Let me. I'll start, let me start out positive before I start killing them. When Phil fired Derek Fisher, that was a plus for him, just due to the fact he was trying to correct his mistake. 
of hiring Derek Fisher. He knows, and everybody else, Derek Fisher should have never been hired for this job. He shouldn't have. It's not a knock on Derek Fisher. It's because he doesn't have the experience. But when you're trying to rebuild the highest, most expensive franchise in the NBA, you don't hire a guy who just retired Tuesday and you hire him to be a head coach on Wednesday. You don't do that. And Phil Jackson, as smart as he is, he should have known better. I think he let his heart get above his head on that one. All right. Now, here's where Phil needs to be killed at. Phil, let the triangle go, brother. This, I mean, you got Tom Thibodeau out there who's screaming, hello, I want to coach this team. I want to come back to New York because, you know, everybody knows, remember, he was on Van Gundy's staff. I want to coach the New York Knicks. Tom Thibodeau was an excellent coach. Excellent coach. Chicago let him go. There you see you see where that where that's taking them. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> I know you know. And you know, he's screaming for that. I think Phil is so stuck on this triangle thing. The triangle ain't for everybody. It's not for everybody. You know? Phil, you come in, you talking about it's a process. Bro, I'm telling you right now, and, and I'm, what I'm about to say, I thought I'd never say it because I've always defended Carmelo. I've defended Carmelo on Twitter. I've defended Carmelo on Facebook. But guess what? It's time for Carmelo to – it's time for him to go. Oh, wow. It's wow. time for him to go. I love Carmelo. I'm a huge fan. But, I mean, unless something changes this summer – Unless you know you're going to bring in somebody to compliment your play, like another superstar, because we thought a flower would probably compliment him a little bit better than what he has done, it's time for Melo to go. Wave the no-trade clause, let's get some draft picks, and let's really start from scratch. Because at this point, we're just putting band-aids over the roster. And Phil needs to wake up and realize that. If Phil wants to have a successful five-year run, with his contract, which I don't really think he's going to stay all five years. He said he's committed to it, but I don't think he is. I think he needs to sit Carmelo down and tell him, hey, I need you to trade, waive your no-trade clause. I need, I need, we need him to lift it. Because right now, there's no bright spot for the Knicks. Except Porzingis. Everybody else on the Knicks is trade bait. We have a team full of trade bait players. And that's including guys like Langston Galloway, Lance Thomas. I love Langston Galloway. I love Langston Galloway. You know why I love Langston Galloway? Because he brings it every night. He's the, I'm I'm going to say this, man. Langston Galloway is probably the only Nick who brings it every single night. Night. Aflalo does too. He has bad shooting nights, but uh, you know his effort is there too. But Langston Galloway brings it every single night. He does. I mean, hell, we brought Jimmer for debt from the D League, signed into a ten day contract, and wasted his time. It wasn't like he was gonna make us any worse. Play the man. Let's put buckets on the on. Let's put points on the scoreboard. He didn't even play four total minutes during ten 
during a 10-day contract. It's like you brought him in for an interview just to read his resume in front of him without him even saying that, trying to sell himself. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what happened. You know, you got an interim coach who did not play a 10-day contract player. That is an oxymoron. Come on. Uh, that's horrible. That's horrible. The Knicks are, are, are just... It's, it's not good. It's not good. Now, in the past, you gave it to James Dolan many times on YouTube, and, and I believe a little, maybe even a little bit on the last show that we did. Yeah. Now, it's, it's a far stretch to say that it's hard to get owners out. Owners leave when they want to leave, basically. But what would losing James Dolan do in a positive way for the Knicks, for the New York Knicks franchise? The the, the city of New York would throw a ticket parade, a, a ticket parade party. <laughs> a ticket tape parade? A ticket tape parade party. <laughs> I swear to God. I swear to if, if If they said James Dolan sold the New York Knicks, there will be a ticket tape parade party tomorrow. I'm dead serious. You talking about culture change? Now that is where it will start. What is, it, gonna, what is it about him? But it's not going to happen. He's He has no mind of the game. He doesn't. He has no mind of the game. But you let, you let his name get thrown out there, and that's when he's upset. Like, for example... When Carmelo, Carmelo put out a statement today, which really, that also pissed me off, too. Carmelo put a statement out today, and he apologized to the fan, you know, to the heckler. But then he comes back and says he really doesn't see what he said was wrong. It was it was the owner's, it was James Dolan's idea for uh, him to apologize. Why do you need to say that? Why do you need to put your pride ahead of the team or put your pride first and throw your your owner up under the bus? Your owner is not on the court. Now I'll give it to James Dolan on this on this on this one. He has not done nothing stupid for us to be in the predicament the position we're in today. This season. You know, Fair. I mean, he had this season, right? It might have been a, it might have been like I, I'm this season. I'm not talking about years past. This season, I mean, people were still pissed. People still pissed off about the Melo trade because we gave up too much to get him, and we're still, you know, harboring the fruits of our labor on that. But James Dolan just he doesn't know the game of basketball. Hell, you see what he's doing with the New York Rangers. He makes big. He makes big trades with these guys, and they're in contention and all that. I see. So he's more of a. He knows hockey. Oh, yeah, I would think so. The New York Rangers just—they're in—they're in conference finals. They're in freaking. They're in the Stanley Cup finals. I mean, they're in the playoff. They're in the playoffs. True. Why the Knicks can't be in the playoffs? Why can the Knicks not be in the play consistently? I got to put it in the letter. When was the last time the Knicks were a consistent threat? Mid nineties, like the the nineties. The nineties, the nineties, early two thousands. 
I mean, if they weren't a threat, they was in the playoffs. Come on, man. The guy is trash. But, you know, what can you do? What can you do? All you do is talk about him. He's not going nowhere. He right. owns New York City. He owns the Knicks, the Rangers, MSG, but Cablevision, whatever. He owns all that down there in New York City. So he's not going nowhere. The funny thing is we got kind of the same thing with me as a, a, a Bulls and a White Sox fan, the same yep. guy, Jerry Reinsdorf, on both teams. Yes. Yeah. Reinsdorf, yep. And we're kind of thinking the same, especially with the Hoiberg deal and the front office problems we got now. And a little bit of the same with the White Sox. It's kind of that weird thing of, like, how are they going to advance if you don't get a new owner? But you can't just get a new owner. You can't just get a new owner. I mean, it needs to be like Adam Silver, the NBA, needs to come up with – I mean, they got to come up with something. You ran Donald Sterling out of there. I mean, I know it was a totally different scenario. But, I mean, if these owners don't aren't successful with them buying their team within 10 years – all the owners need to come together and buy them out or something. I don't know. <laughs> they gotta, they gotta have a, like some kind of success. It's in something. A certain amount of time. Something you gotta have some kind of success. You know, I mean, Sam Hinkie in Philly. You gotta have some kind of success. You're tanking every year to get a top five pick. You know, oh, that's just a. Um, that's just a straight up power play. It is. It, is. It is. You got one pick last year who ain't played in almost two full years of him being pro. Yeah, that's bad. You got James Dolan. Like, here's a stat I put in the letter. There's been one coach for the Knicks since 2001 that has left with a winning record. That's Mike Woodson. It's Mike Woodson. And the first order of business for Phil when he got here was fire him. Now, the team quit on him, too. But it's just the Knicks are a disease right now. That we, You know that cough you got after you get sick and you finally get their last stage? Is that cough that you can't get right. rid of? The Knicks are a cough. Jake wow. Cullen is the cough that we can't get rid of. <laughs> It's sad, man. It is sad. There's so much. There's so many more net. So many more negatives and positives for this franchise. Is sick. Well, let's take a minute and switch over to college then, and take 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 some of the sting out of this just, just a little bit. A little bit. Just a little bit. Kind of hurt by college too, though. But you know. Now I saw, and it's kind of kind of going that way. A couple months ago, you changed your, your name on Twitter to Elville Knicks fan, Louisville Knicks fan. And some people were like, oh, what's going on? And you're like, read the, read the description. So I didn't know you were a Cardinals fan. Oh, yeah. But And sorry to get into some semi-negative stuff with that, but with the with Louisville, with what, what came to your mind last, the, when, the, when the allegations came out against uh, Patino and the coaching staff with the illicit visits for the players and what what not with that was that do you feel like that goes on just there is that a whole a widespread thing that just wasn't talked about i mean what was your feeling on that no nah, it was definitely talked about man uh, a lot of people i changed the name for the first off i changed my name 
because a lot of people didn't know I was a Louisville fan as far as college. I'm an Army brat, so I grew up mostly in the Louisville, Fort Knox area. Okay. Uh, my dad was in this where he, you know, we got a bought a house. He bought his house and everything, and this is where we grew up. I finished high school here and everything, so you know, Louisville was always in my heart. My sister went to Louisville. It, it's I love Louisville. So, uh, Rick Pitino is God here in Louisville. You know, and the allegations they're, they're, when it first hit, oh, it was a bombshell. Believe that. It was a bombshell. Nobody seen it coming. It was just uh, ugly. And if Louisville, of course, is a big college town. And for that to happen, it wasn't going to look good for Rick Pitino. You know? Um, because if you know, he had an extortion case. It has nothing to do with this. But, you know, Rick Pitino... Tom Jurich, who's the athletic director here in Louisville, they don't get along with the, with the university president, uh, Dr. Oh, Ram- okay. Dr. Ramsey. It is a bad relationship between the president and the athletic department. It's a bad relationship. Now, there, there's been rumors that, you know, the, the, a lot of folks don't want the president here anymore. They want him gone. And it's outside of athletics. You know, it has something to do with money and, and, you know, personal use and all that. But when these allegations came out and the president spoke a few times, he gave his confidence, you know, Tom Jr.'s athletic director. And, and multiple times, he really didn't give too much uh, voter confidence to Rick Pitino. And that isn't sitting too well. And then when these self-imposed allegations came out a little over a month ago, which everybody's still scratching their head over. Right, I, I see that. And the reason why they're scratching their head over because everybody was told that the NCAA investigation will go well into the summer, like June or July, after the season, of course. And, of course, we know we it's well known. We got two fifth-year graduate transfers who came to Louisville and Trey Lewis and Damian Lee because they never played in the tournament before and they weren't that tournament experience and helped Louisville win a championship. And, of course, we just killed these fifth-year seniors' dreams because, of course, going to recruit them, we're telling them, hey, yes, you know, you're familiar with the allegations, blah, 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 blah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be well into the daggone, uh, into the summer. Investigation meeting to the summer, so yes, we're going to be playing in the tournament. This, that, and the other. So when this happened, it was Rick Pitino had no knowledge of this was this was about to happen. I'm seeing that, I'm reading that right now in the Courier Journal. He had no, absolutely no knowledge that this self-imposed ban was going to happen. Like none, and it's still affecting him to this day. And right now, his future is it is in question. Uh, and honestly, it might not be up to him if he does stay at Louisville next year. We don't know. We hope he does because, like I say, he is loved here. We love Ray Patino here. But it's just it's just a messed up situation. And, of course, the NCAA uh, invet- private investigator that we had, Chuck Smart, you know, he was he told Tom George, athletic director and the president, Hey, a lot of the times these guys do this self-imposed ban because it softens the blow from the NCAA uh, punishment when they when they do come out with a verdict or whatever. 
Right, right. I figured that was the reason. Right. But why not do it either before the season or after the season? Good. The the bright spot, it doesn't hurt our recruit. We got one McDonald's All-American. He said he's still coming to Louisville. I think he posted a tweet the very next day once our um, once once our band hit. But you've got to feel for these fifth-year seniors who came to Louisville. And, you know, they can't even, we can't even play in the ACC tournament. And a lot of us think, well, we have a, we had a team that could have actually went to Houston to the Final Four this year. I mean, the team that's 18-4 and four right now and second in the ACC is a quality team. Is is oh, no matter no matter how you look at it, it's a quality team. And especially with all the shuffling that's gone on in the rankings this year, in the top ten, top five. Mm-hmm. I mean, any team could get that, it seems like. But uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's, it's parody this year, but it just sucks, man. We've never been, we've Louisville's never been through like this before. You know, I mean, we're a lock for the tournament every year. The only question is, are we going to the Final Four? True. And right now, our season ends on Saturday, so Not, it sucks. And that's that is crazy to think about. That is crazy to think, and it's I don't I don't have cable at home. But when I'm out, I was. It didn't really register for me until now because I knew about it, mm-hmm. but I filed in the back of my mind. I hadn't seen Louisville on TV at all because they don't talk about teams that aren't going to make right about now. They aren't going to make the tournament, and for Louisville to be up there with Duke, that I got to watch Grace Allen on the, on TV all the time, right. Right. and North North Carolina. It's weird. It is weird. I However, mean, we were sitting there. We're, we were trying to win the ACC regular season title. And you know the salary, some something for this season. And so, it it it's, it sucks. It, it really does. I gotta ask on it though, because it's not it's not like the Duke lacrosse scandal. It's not like the Peyton Manning, University of Tennessee stuff. Mm-hmm. In that it was active abuse or assault or anything like that. It was a scandal of we're using this tool of get, hiring escorts to recruit players. Mm-hmm. However, that's ser- that's serious recruiting, a mis- miscarriage of, you know, the, the wrong way to recruit. Absolutely. How much of that falls on Patino? Well, I mean, of course some of it does fall on Patino because he's the head coach. But it seems like a lot of times in NCAA, you're asking these head coaches to know what these players are doing 24-7, 365, and you absolutely cannot know that. I mean, a lot of guys are on Patino telling him, or, you know, a lot of guys would be like, you know, you should have known, or did you know? And Patino's and family said many times he did not know nothing. I mean, and I believe 100% just because of the fact it happened at Billy Minardi Hall. And a lot of people don't know who Billy Minardi is. Billy Minardi is Rick Patino's brother-in-law who was killed in 9-11. And he has a little... You know, Billy Minardi Classic every year. Uh, little, you know, during the early portion of the season in Louisville. Okay. And for and if Rick Pitino knew that was going on in Billy Minardi Hall, that'd have been hell to pay. I can say that with all the confidence in the world. Okay. That would have been hell to pay 
And he didn't know, man. I, 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 I'm behind Rick. 100, Rick Pitino had no idea about it. But, uh, but yes, I will say it does follow him because, you know, with great, when you're the leader, you have to take responsibility. And um, you have to take responsibility what goes on in your program. I understand. But if you ask Rick, if you ask him, he would say he would have he would have been suspended if these guys could have played in the tournament. You know, if you would have sat him out the whole year, he would have he did that if these guys could have played in the tournament. You would have found him, took money out of his pocket. He would have did that if these guys could have played in that tournament. Okay. But, I mean, yeah, you have to – you can't say he's, like, squeaky clean out of this because he's the head coach. So, yeah, you got to – blame's got to fall on somewhere. And uh, the the president, the university president, isn't isn't going to take any blame. Do you guarantee that? So he's he's definitely going to point the finger. Now, with that, as you said before, you don't. It's kind of an uncertainty now. Now, this is Rick Pitino, who's coached in more than a few places. A lot of basketball coaches, even though, like like Coach Cal at the other school, for the term, for the purposes of this podcast, right. he's coached a few places. Right. Rick Pitino's coast a few places, but they're known for the places that they are now. Absolutely. Do you think, what are the chances that Rick Pitino will be let go as Louisville basketball head coach? <sighs> Boy, you hurt my heart asking that question. <laughs> um, it's, like, like I said, it's I, not a big I, deal as I, that I, one. Honestly, it's, 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 it's 50-50. 50? Wow. I'll be honest, it's 50-50. And like I said, he has a tremendous relationship with the athletic director Tom Jurich. But I do believe if anybody's gonna let Rick go, what I, I I tell you this: if Rick senses he's gonna be let go, he'll resign before he before they fire him. Okay. I will tell you that Rick will resign before he lets uh, Dr. Ramsey fire him. Now, I, I, I will guarantee you that. But what I can't guarantee is Rick will be back next year. At times, he has said he's definitely coming back next year. But then it's also at times he said he's this is weighed on him a lot and real hard. And he hopes to be back next year. He really hasn't put a guarantee on it. When a coach doesn't really put a guarantee on returning to his team next year, it, 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 can, it can have a lot of people, uh, you know, holding their breath. Right, and that makes a lot of sense. The Louisville Cardinals 18-4 right now, second in the ACC. Last game of the season on Saturday, so hopefully, actually a twenty. Hopefully they f- actually twenty-two and seven. Oh, 22 and seven. Yeah, overall. yeah, twenty-two and seven. I think it was eighteen and four when the allegations dropped. Okay. Yeah, so they're twenty-two and seven, second in the ACC, and last game is Saturday against Virginia uh, in Virginia. Well, that's a good game. Yeah. No matter what, that's a good game. Yeah. Now, just a little bit on that. I've gotten. I mean, with with uh, with ESPN, you get to watch a lot of the ACC. Absolutely. So, as unfortunate as it is, you being in the ACC, you get to watch these teams and you get to watch like the consideration about when they're going to the tournament. Um. Duke beat North Carolina in that crazy game a couple weeks ago when North Carolina looked like they had it set. Wow. You got. I know it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. And Duke was playing five. Like they they ran the second half with five yep. guys. 
then you got Virginia, and you got a couple outside. I think Miami's bouncing in and out, but you're not really looking at them as like a Final Four winner. But if you had to pick a team out of the ACC that would go to the Final Four and win, who's your pick? North Carolina. North Carolina, North Carolina. straight up. I would pick. Well, I I would pick North Carolina, and I would pick Virginia. Okay. Um, I would. I wouldn't re- actually count out Miami to be honest with you. Really? I wouldn't count out Miami. Um, Jim Laranega, hell of a coach. Uh, everybody, if people ain't forget, you just celebrate the 10 year anniversary of George Mason oh, going man. to the Final Four, and people forget he was the coach of that George Mason team. And he has Miami looking like even better than they did a couple of years ago when he had Shane Larkin. But, um,. My mom's a big North Carolina Tar Heel fan. Um, you know, half of my family's from North Carolina, the half is from New York. But I would have to say, if if I would have to say North Carolina, but I will only say it on this. And I've been saying this for the past three years. Bryce Johnson is probably going to be the ACC Player of the Year, but North Carolina goes as far as Marcus Page takes them. And he's had a horrific year, senior year. And if that doesn't get corrected, they're not going to the Final Four. Because they can't win without Marcus Page. I'll buy that. But if you ask me anybody that will go to the Final Four at ACC, my my, my one and one A teams will be North Carolina and Virginia. Everybody knows Virginia's defense is... is... Virginia's defense is... is, is it's the most stubborn defense. And I actually went to the Louisville-Virginia game here this year when they played in Louisville, and it was ugly. It was ugly. And Virginia's defense has always been top-notch. Tony Bennett has always had them boys ready to play D, but now they can score. And that makes them more dangerous. They used to rely on their defense alone, but now they, they, they have an offense to go with that, go with them. Uh, go with their defense, and, and it's going to be scary during tournament time. Kicking it back to uh, the NBA as we come near the end of the show. Um, the last time I had you on the show, we talked about the Warriors. You had to go see the Warriors in uh, Market. In, uh, sorry, uh, Banker's Life. I was about to say Market Square Arena. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember it. Don't worry, I remember it. I remember Market Square. <laughs> but they 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 smoked the Pacers that night. And on the show, you said that you had Golden State down to win 75, 75. games. Are you still, still the same? I might have to up it. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> I, might, I might have to raise it. Oh, my gosh, man. Look, that's the only reason I haven't canceled my NBA league pass. Well, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not me jumping on a bandwagon. It's I'm a fan of the game. I'm a fan of the players. I've been following Steph since he's been at Davidson because I love college basketball. But... Golly, man. I only, and I remember the 95, 96 Bulls, and I only remember them as just exciting. You know, it's like, and the old heads are, they're killing Curry, man. They're killing the coaches this year. Talking about nobody knows how, Oscar Robinson was on Mike and Mike, killing them. Right. And I was like, are you serious? <laughs> This coming from a dude who averaged a triple-double during the season. Come on, man. So, I'm doing the coaches didn't know how to guard you. But, oh, man. I, I definitely still have it for 75. The question is, 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 is that too low? 
I mean, I definitely have at 75, man. Every time they play, I sit there and I say, hey, I saw them boys live. Fair enough. <laughs> I saw them live. I mean, now, wow. I know what the people are talking about. I had a long disagreement with, uh, with my guy on the regular show, uh, Marcel. Mm-hmm. He's saying that coaches and teams don't guard guard them well, and there's an easy way to do it. I wish I could play right now, but he was basically saying that you have to have a point guard who's willing to get after it with him on both ends, who will like take it to Steph on the one end and guard him close on the other end. The problem was I couldn't figure out who in the league could do that outside of Russ or Mike Conley, and, and really that would be – like Damian Lillard, maybe I don't know how. But I don't know how good Damian Lillard's defense is. But I mean, why is it so? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Why is it so tough? Oh, why is it so tough to contain Steph Curry? And, it's, and I mean, we saw a little bit of it on Saturday night when you come across half court and you got to be ready. But why is it so tough to contain Steph Curry? Because he's good. It's just that simple. He's better okay. than the next man. And people keep coming up with all of this conspiracy theorists and, and all these strategies that try to the guard step. He's just better than the next man. He was the MVP. So now, I mean, people hate the hate, people love to hate the guy who's the best. You know, and and to answer that question, who you think the guy is to do that on both ends on the floor? My first would be, I would say, Chris Paul. He destroys Chris Paul. Chris Paul, Chris Paul, when laughing the last time they played, no, not the last, when when the the Clippers were up by like 26 or whatever. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then this couple weeks ago when they played against each other again, I think they both scored 30. I think Chris Paul scored 30, Kerry scored 40 or whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't the guy he he is fundamentals. What does Curry do that probably not even ten of the greatest players do? He moves without the ball. He moves without the ball and then he's a threat. As soon as he passes half court, he is a threat. You have not said that to about nobody else in this game. Never. He's a threat. If Everybody watched the tape against Oklahoma City last Saturday. You never saw nobody just is so calm, dribble the ball, and he took one more dribble after half court and shot a regular shot from 32 feet. He's probably he's probably got the least amount of muscle mass in the NBA, <laughs> and he shot a regular free throw looking shot from 32 feet. And he backed up like, I know what's going in. And all these people that just know how to play defense on Steph Curry, shut up. Shut (laughs) up. He's the best at what he's doing right now. Just like when LeBron was winning all these MVPs, everybody in the world had a remedy on how to stop LeBron going to the hole. Truth be told, you still can't stop LeBron going to the hole. Everybody thought they had a remedy of guarding Shaq in the paint. You never can stop Shaq in the paint. 
It's just some people are better than others. And right now, there's nobody else better than Steph Curry in the NBA. That seems like as good a way to cap it off as any. Uh, Eugene Faison, Billy the Angry Knicks fan, had him on once again. And very much enjoyed it, man. I'm, we're going to make this a semi-regular thing because you're always, always a part of these jewels. Uh, always giving these absolutely, jewels. man. I appreciate you having me, man. Um, anybody you'd like to shout out as we go off? Oh, man. Uh, shout out to the Fort Knicks, my Fort Knicks Facebook group. Uh if you know, if you don't know, man, we got a we got a Facebook group called Fort Knicks. Uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, shout out to my 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 lovely my lovely lady, Savita Kirksey. I love you, baby. Thank you for all the support. And shout out to all my fans, man. Even though we argue a lot uh, on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, baby, I love y'all all still. All right, man, as I said always, check out the Angry Dicks fan on Twitter at the show 2K, F-A-S-H-O-2-K, EugeneFazon.blogspot.com. Check out Fort Dicks on Facebook and on Twitter as well. Once again, thanks a lot, man. Can't wait to have you on again in the future. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me, man. Look out for the open letter, people. I'm about to drop it here in the next 10 minutes. All right, to everybody else out there. It's been What's Good Radio. Be good. Great things, folks. We're out. And I ended up in Boston with all these trials and tribulations. Yo, I've been affected. And to top it off, stars got ejected. Help me out. 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 Just last week, my girl was stressing me. Now her best friend being dressing me. But I was loving her by the moon ray. Tricking on her like Kente. Waterbagger isn't from the smoke shop. Walking towards the car, here come the damn cops. Now I'm stationed bound for the tie sticks. I bought it for my man, I don't believe the shit. Coach sat me down from the ball team. Cause I was breaking niggas on the NCs. Some niggas cross town was trying to stick me. All I had was shorts, a dollar fifty. Picked up this girl in the hoopie. Just because her aunt, she tried to suit me. Pay for this, pay for that, loop for nails in here. Who the hell you think I am, Mr. Belvedere? Go and get a bloody job, then can we look cute? Even if you give me boots, you never see my loot. She wasn't even all of that, just another hooker. Took the turn that ass away quick like... Today's outro music is 8 Million Stories by A Tribe Called Quest. What's Good Radio intro music was written and composed by Marcel Ayers. Find him online at soundcloud.com slash luckymenace. What's Good Radio is sponsored by NGSE Sports. We never stop. What's Good Radio is a joint production of Grown Man Business Incorporated in conjunction with Aerodynamics Entertainment.